Yo, yo, yo. It's Steve B with the old Double R Podcast, episode 99. Makes me think of the Ice Cube song. Uh, put your ass into it. I think that's the same song. You know? Uh, 99, baby. All the time, baby. Yeah. I'm not going to play it right now because I don't really want to deal with the whole, like, it's in the podcast, so we got to verify all the crap. It's not, it's not going to happen. Anyway. Um, that is my water boiling in the background for this late podcast today here on Tuesday. Um, man, 99. And I was, there was a good little while there uh, where I was like, wow, I'm going to stall right the hell out at like nine, all the, like basically anything after 89, I was like, what the hell am I going to talk about? Uh, but I had a really uh, good day and really good last couple of days and, and things are moving along very, 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 very nicely. Um, I didn't get one of them government jobs. Moped around about that BS for a while and be like, I can't get the job and I'm just, I'm not good at things and like stuff and I lost it. They didn't get the job and they didn't tell me what to blah, 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 blah. So that was me whining. It was supposed to be incoherent because... I was incoherent in my own brain. But anyway, tonight uh, went for a little drive in the Cutlass. I kept it for the last couple days, and it just keeps getting better and better as I drive it more and more. Those of you that do not know, older cars tend to get better as you drive them more consistently. Because at least my car is carbureted. And for those of you that don't know, even if you don't care, I'm going to tell you, a carbureted car is an older version of fuel delivery to the motor. Everything's injected now and run by computer, so when a car needs more more fuel or air, the computer kind of manages that whole bit. Uh, fuel and air combined, the more that can happen, the more horsepower you make with a bunch of different other options. But anyway, regardless of that, the basic fuel delivery system of my vehicle is a carbureted one. So uh, the air-fuel mixture is adjusted via a screw, and when you hit the throttle, the butterfly valves open and... Magical noisy shit happens, uh, and the car goes. So when it sits for a while, it takes a while to get fuel running back through the system and all that stuff. And then I've been driving it a little bit more over the last couple of days, and I drove it twice today. And it just as I get more seat time back in it because I've had it since I was seventeen, which is gone, which is coming up on um, what is it twenty. Dang, it's 22 years coming up. In October, it'll be 22 years. So I turned 39 in June, and I got the car in October of 99. So, so 20, 20 to, to be 22 years of loving starting on basically that started in October. So, however you want to work that. Some people say, well, it's actually 21 years because that's the start of the time. Whatever. Anyway. I've had it for a long freaking time. Had it since I was 17. Going to be turning 39. You do the damn math. Love that car. Every time I drive it, it, it takes me back. I don't like driving it in the winter because it's not the greatest winter car. Different gear, not great tires. It's older. It, it just fogs up faster. It's not as fun to drive in the night. The headlights aren't as bright as they should be. In the summertime, that stuff doesn't matter because your headlights don't have to be like ridiculously bright because you're not trying to see through fog and, you know, not hit people, right? You're just, summer's different. It's more fun. It's cruisy time. Um, also, the carbureted version of the car 
it basically in cold weather it more finicky because it's it's mechanical. Injected cars don't have that issue, right? So, regardless of that, uh, no, not regardless of that, there was just, in spite of all that, I had a wonderful time driving the Cutlass today, and I also had a couple meetings and some different things that happened, and I went to an outdoor Aikido practice with my old dojo which was nice to be around people for the first time in a long time, outside of my bubble. Um, and side note, the new dojo that I'm in has... Um, how do I put this? They ha their, their dojo is on the second floor where they moved the locations because it's in one of the sensei's houses and... and so there's a, there's a, a chairlift that they got donated and put in for for me, and then the bathroom is on that floor, and they're putting a grab bar in, and they're doing all this stuff. They're gonna make little wooden ramps so I can get over the tracks for the the sliding doors and things. Very very accommodating for me to be able to practice Aikido in the future. Uh, if you'll notice, uh, uh, quick little stoppage here. I'm not gonna actually stop the. The recording i'm just going to keep going with it because we we're fired up today and it's a bit rambly and that's the whole point of the old rolling and rambling the old double r podcast the double r bit came from from uh jeff jarrett the wrestler in the 90s um they entered he introduced himself as uh that's double j jeff jarrett j-e double f j-a double r e double t Jeff Jarrett, and that's how he like spelt his name out. So I I was you know having a few drinks the other night, and I was like, oh, the old Double R podcast, and I actually liked the sound of it when I listened to it back, even though I'm a giant dork. But guess what? It's my podcast, so I get to do whatever the hell I want. Um, and we're gonna have some tea here, and I am gonna make it whilst I am on the podcast with you. I'm not going to stop it because I feel like I'm on a roll. With the rambliness and the thoughts. So, how wonderful do I feel that these people that I practice Aikido with have decided to make it accessible for me? I'm the only person in a wheelchair that practices Aikido with them. And they did those accommodations for me. They got this chairlift donated and someone wired it all up and did all that stuff for me. Like, it makes you almost cry. It it really does. And, you know, that's where the bathroom is on the second floor. So while I was up there, Richard was like, where do you want to put the, where do you want to put the grab bar? So it's going to work for you. So cool. I mean, I get a grab bar where I want it and he's going to get it to some studs and make it work. And like, they're making it work for me. And like I said, there's going to be wooden ramps to get over. Because you know some sliding doors have that little track on the bottom. I can't crawl over that or roll over that that easy. So they're going to make like wooden ramps so I can just pop over it and roll. And it's not going to affect the door. But I'll be able to get the dojo and then practice in the chair or out of the chair. However that works. And they were really happy to like have me there. And we talked about my six-year Aikido journey. Now, with Aikido, for some of you that don't know, 
unless you're a kid, you are a white belt until you're black belt. So white belt goes 5th Q, 4th Q, 3rd Q, 2nd Q, and then your 1st Q, and then black belt. And so your black belt is your is your dan. So your first dan, second dan, third dan, all that kind of stuff. I guess if you're you're you actually are a dan, and your name is Dan, you're kind of Dan Dan. <laughs> anyway, uh, I am. I have my fourth Q, spelled K Y U, and it's a series of techniques and things that I had to do at a as a requirement for the test right so that was very very interesting and there's other people that have been practicing for a shorter amount of time than me that are further ahead than me because I wasn't able to practice as often and I'm not gonna lie that was hard for me for a while just the competitive nature of who I am or maybe not even the competitive nature just the idea that I felt like I was falling behind. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I had this this sort of thought in my head about competitiveness and where I needed to be, and the fact that the person that I had originally sort of taken my first test with, just I think he's he might actually be. I know he's at least third Q. He might be second Q now. So he's way closer to black belt than I am. And my dad actually had to remind me that I didn't start Aikido to, to, to do all that. Of course I want to, like I want to be, a, who doesn't want to be a black belt in Aikido? Who doesn't want to be a black belt in the martial art if that's what you want to do? It's kind of kick ass. Right? And as much as Steven Seagal has turned into a bit of a weirdo as of, as the years have gone by, put on a lot of weight, he is the Aikido master in terms of like the old movies in the back of the day. And I grew up on those and lo and behold, here I am doing Aikido. But more so than all that, the fact that they were willing to renovate their place and, and make it accessible for me when it's on private property, like it's not a public dojo, it's, it's someone's house. And they just, well, they want me to there. They liked it when I was there. And I hadn't been around a lot of people because of COVID. And I'm still very careful and overly cautious because I am slightly hypochondriacal, if not more than slightly hypochondriacal. So I do Aikido on Zoom on Mondays. And then, you know, tonight I did this out there. And we've, I, it felt normal for a while. Like, because I had my first shot a little while back and I felt a little more comfortable just being around people in case someone randomly coughs or sneezes. And then I think I have COVID for 14 days or whatever, just because that's the way my brain works. Like, it, it didn't allow me the. I didn't take it as any leniency around. Oh, now I can take it easy and I can back the pedal off because I have one of my vaccinations. It wasn't about that. It was more for me that those random occurrences where I would be concerned about having COVID because someone looked at me weird. I don't have to worry about that anymore. So that helped. And being around people tonight, like real actual people, helped me a lot, brain-wise. And so... 
just having a good couple days, getting myself focused again, really putting myself out there in terms of the whole Tony Robbins thing. And, oh, I might not have actually talked about that on the last podcast. I was chatting with a friend uh, from New Hampshire, and we were sort of talking about all the self-helpy stuff because we got connected through my rolling motivation, like my, my blog about self-help stuff and the videos and Twitter and all that stuff. And we were, were in essence, like the, I guess, the new version of Pen Pal. We were, we were emailing back and forth for years, probably since, like, I'd say 2011 or 12. And now we've been connecting on Zoom, and we're sort of talking about self-help, and, you know, a lot of people are, are taking Tony Robbins' uh, Unleash the Power Within virtual course again, because I'm part of the group, right, so I can see all the people that are taking it. And, and my thing about taking it again is I know it's going to be a little bit different, and it has to be different every time to keep the flavor up for the people that take it over and over again. But I can't help but think it's going to be virtually the same. And so I once I came to the conclusion that I feel like it's going to be virtually the same, I instantly asked myself, well, why do I need to take it again? Especially considering one of the reasons I would recommend taking it more than once is if you would, you applied the techniques and you sort of, uh, and then you accelerated your life to a certain degree in whatever area you wanted to. Let's just use finances because that's an easy, easy target, right? So you wanted to make extra income or you wanted to grow your business by X, right? And then, and then once you did that, you were plateaued and you couldn't sort of get past that part. Then you may want to take it again and you'll probably have another breakthrough, get different help and all that kind of stuff. But, for me, without being a martyr and without trying to sound negative, I haven't done very much recently that warrants me being like, oh, and I've hit this weird blockage or ceiling or plateau, and now I need to take it again to get to that next level. It's just not a thing for me. But what I notice for a lot of people is that they want to take it the second time or the third time or however many times. Because they just like it and they need that, they need to get jacked up by it, right? Because, I mean, right after that I thought I was invincible for, for like, two straight weeks. Everything was mint. And I kind of did that for a week after the whole Jordan Peterson kick, too, just cleaning my room and getting everything together. And I'm glad that didn't last, not because I didn't want it to and I don't think the principles are great. I think it's important to remember that we just all fall off and and have to keep continuously fighting for whatever we're working towards, right? So, also, if you're hearing squeaking, I'm sure you realized it already. So we're rolling around on my wood floor, and again, I'm not stopping the podcast to move around today because I feel like I'm on fire, in a good way. So, um... Yeah, and I think I see a lot of people taking the course over and over again, and I I question it, and I worry for them that it's because they're trying to belong to something, and they just want to be a part of it. And what can happen in those environments is you continuously talk about it, 
and and be a part of it and and then um and then you don't actually do as much as you would if you didn't have the choice and that was why it was so important for me not to take it again not only just the 700 bucks because screw that um the value is there by the way if anybody is actually wondering legit the value is there just be prepared that there are going to be in my estimation it's four days of a very long wonderful process and you'll get value out of all of those days but there'll be some times when they try and sell you things and they talk about different things and there'll be videos and stuff. So at first glance, you'll kind of feel like you might be getting ripped off because you're paid for four, four days or had the, the understanding that you were getting four days of awesomeness and you end up with kind of two, you know, around that. Let's just say ballpark it at two. But the value is totally there because the way they spread it out, the way they do the curriculum, they're good at it. It works well. It really has a good positive turnout. And so if you want to take it, take it, but be careful with just, I, I think, I think Brooks and Dunn, the country duo coined the term buckle bunny. And I think that comes from the rodeos where, where, um, women were just attracted to cowboys because they were cowboys. So they called them buckle bunnies. And I just, that popped in my head that you can be like some sort of, some sort of self-help groupie, like a self-help seminar groupie, you know, where you can just want to belong to it. Same thing happens in network marketing. I'm going to take a sip of my tea here if it's not too hot, and I think it still might be. I'll try not to slurp because I'm in your ear, but but, but seriously, the, the network marketing community is very... very sort of like oriented in belonging and as it should be I mean the mindset is there all the stuff is there but there's a lot of people that don't do a lot with network marketing and some of it's to do with skill some of it's to do with motivation but a lot of it is to do with the fact that they didn't even want to do it in the first place other than having something to talk about that they're doing there's a bunch of layers to unpack with that but but with network marketing with with fitness with Tony Robbins with anything that you do, just keep in mind that if you needed the help in the first place, take it. But the teachings are there. They're in your head. If you paid attention and you took notes, pull the notes out. Do it again. I guarantee you, because I can prove that, I guarantee you that now you may not be able to, to pop yourself up and jump up and down like I did with Tony Robbins when he was on the screen with me. But... I definitely can recreate that magic to a huge degree on my own. Same as if you go to a personal trainer or a dietitian for a certain amount of time and then you do really well for a while. Maybe you try keto or something like that. Then you do really well for a while, then you fall off and you gain a bunch of weight. You already know how to do this stuff, so just go do the same damn thing again. You don't need to take another course and learn a new thing and learn this new fad to get it done. Just get it done. And, and for me, the reason why I think all of this is so important and so wrapped together is over the last little while, I've had a very, very, very hard time getting myself even moving, getting out of bed, doing all that stuff. Now, I'm not going to off myself or anything like that. Like, it's never that. I don't I don't know if it's been that drastic in a long, long time. I mean, it's, it's hard to say what we feel when we get sad, but I just, I just have never, ever, I haven't felt the urge to ever really not be here. And my opinion on that is just because I think we all have 
we all clearly have a limited time on this earth and we don't know how, when we're going to go. Why make it harder for the people that are here, right? Like, I know openly that I have, regardless of all the social media and, and you wonderful people on this podcast, I have people in my life that will genuinely miss me if I'm not here. Now, why would I be selfish enough to take that away from, take me away from them early and cause them the pain of having to deal with that and wish they could have done something different and think maybe they should have given me a call or they should have done something else or they should have done this or done that. We're all going to experience tragedy. Do not speed it up for the people that are in your life, is my opinion. It's the best advice I can give. I don't know if it's right. I don't know if it's wrong. I'm not a doctor. But over the last couple of weeks, I've been feeling really, really crappy. And I had to kick my own ass with the help of my friend Catherine. But I had to kick my own ass and get myself back into the Tony Robbins jam and taking me back to things that I know work. Like, you know, uh, drinking lots of water, exercising, going to Aikido, driving my cutlass. All the things that I like to do help me get centered. We all have stuff like that. And it doesn't mean that you're not going to have a down day. I mean, I had a down day for a moment this afternoon. I had one yesterday. I had one the day before. But they're not as drawn out as they were. And they're continuously and consistently getting better. So, I find it funny that in episode 99, when I when I hit the button, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about everything. I'm going to talk about my car. I'm going to talk about Aikido. And then I'm going to talk about whatever I want. I ended up talking about Tony Robbins. I ended up making tea. You could hear the water boiling in the background. There's a bunch of craziness going on. And there should be. I don't want to sound arrogant to anybody because that's not my intention. But it's like. You know, in those movies when something falls on somebody's head and they have this weird sort of lucid dream and they wake up from it and they have this big realization on how to solve a problem or whatever, like very sort of 90s Disney kind of behavior. But but through all this, I somehow discovered that this is my podcast. I don't have to conform to anything or anyone in any format that I that I need to like that's the platform of this I'm obviously you know I, I swore a little bit more tonight than I would and I'm trying to stop that because again have seven-year-old niece and lots of kids around and things but but this idea that I always have to conform to a certain way to do things is is kind of funny like I haven't monetized this and I kept flip-flopping back and forth on monetizing it I've tried to monetize my blogs with ads uh for I think for Maybe 10 years, I've made a total of of uh, $22, I think. So Google won't even pay out until I hit 100 And it's taken me, I don't know, 10 years to get to that point. So I'm not necessarily a rich and successful blogger. My YouTube channel has uh, less than 150 hours of watch time. For the life of the channel, and you need four thousand of four thousand hours of watch time to to monetize it, right? It's not it's not about that. And what it is about for me now is finding actually what I'm legitimately happy about, and what makes me happy as a person. And I'll tell you this little story wrapping up in the next couple minutes here. I'm just gonna take another sip of tea.
Oh, that's still very warm tea. Oh. I feel like Beheza. I'm kind of slurping my tea. I think he slurps coffee, but it's kind of funny. Anyway. I realized today, maybe over the last couple days, but I had this really sort of deep realization, a very, very, very big realization that my world for a long time, more so than society and all this other stuff, my... My goals have all been financial goals because that's what I've always wanted. I actually don't know how to set a goal or do anything else that's not at least somehow monetarily related. Think about that for a sec. Like, that's how crazy this is. I don't actually know how to set a goal that doesn't revolve around money. Now, granted, I never really achieved any level of monetary success that I could brag about anyway. But they were always sort of, I had these goals and I would just never achieve them or even close or whatever. And I'd have these different things. Even the, the forty dollar challenge or the thousand dollar challenge, whatever you want to call it, it was it was it was money related, and I think that's important for a lot of people. But but I didn't actually know how to have fun outside of setting the goal for money or trying to get things to buy things, get money to buy things, you know. Like even still, as I look at it, I mean the one thing that brings me the most immense joy is. My car. I love my Cutlass. And I want to spend money on it and make it go faster so I can go racing and things. So I need money for that. Right? So how do you achieve those things without money? Well, you don't. But I can make the goal something way beyond money so I don't have to concern myself with it as much. I'm just going to close my blinds if you hear a weird noise. That's what it is. Man, I am all over the place tonight, but I love it. God, it's hot in here. I don't want to turn my fan on because then you'll hear that in the background. But after I hit the old stop a button, that's what you're going to hear. So I am in the process for the first time in 30, going to be 39 years in like three weeks. Maybe not that long, because as a kid, it's easy to find out what you like to do, and you change your mind all the time, and there's no parameters. But I'm trying to find what makes me happy. Period. Like, something other than money. I love my car. Like, that's that's fine. So I can drive it, and it's good. I need money for that. And I need money for different things, but I want to find something that that I have fun with, and I haven't been able to find that. I mean, I enjoyed Aikido tonight even though I bitched and moaned and dragged my own self there because I wasn't sure about going because of the bathroom and all that other stuff. but And it's still going to be difficult to go on a regular basis because some days I'm going to have bad bladder days and, and gut days and all that stuff, so going up a chairlift consistently is going to be hard. But I have better control over all that stuff, and I think my gut health is better now that I'm not in a place where I can't get to a bathroom on a regular basis. So... How do you find what makes you happy? Because it's, I mean, go, going to another Tony Robbins event would definitely help for the next two weeks. Setting a goal and making another 500 bucks in the next couple of weeks would make me happy in the short term. But it wouldn't make, neither of that stuff would make me happy long term. So how do I find that? Stay tuned. Stay tuned, kids. I'm probably going to end up having a guest for episode 100. It's most likely going to be my friend Mike. Uh, 
but um, there might be other guests joining the podcast if I can figure out how to have more than one guest at a time. Probably going to do a multiple Zoom sort of deal, and I think that'll be limited to 40 minutes. I'm probably not going to post the video, but I will pull the audio. So it might be a few more days until we set up uh, episode number one handy, but uh, this has been episode 99, and I love you all. And thank you so much for coming with this, coming with me on the journey. Peace.